Welcome to this episode of the Next Gen Leader Podcast. We're John and Natalie Torres, and we are so passionate about empowering and serving the next generation. Over the last decade, we've had the amazing opportunity to launch and serve different next gen ministries and movements. We'd love for you to join in on this journey and be a part of the conversation as we grow together in developing, discipling, and deploying the next generation. Today, I wanted to talk about the five gathering responsibilities for a next-gen leader. Great. Because one of the things that we do a lot of is gatherings. Mm -hmm. Whether it's kids ministry, youth ministry, young adult ministry, you are gathering your people in some way, shape, or form. And this content came out of a time where as we were leading our teams Mm -hmm. and we have different locations at Bethany, Mm -hmm. we have five locations across South Louisiana and are continuing to grow. So we would recognize as we would go to different environments that each leader was focused on different things. (laughs) (laughs) And... And it wasn't necessarily their fault. I think that we recognized we needed to provide more clarity on, here's what you are responsible for. Mm -hmm. These are your cultural responsibilities when you are leading an area at a campus or at a church. And so we want to share that with you today and I hope that it's helpful and hope that it provides some guardrails to what am I responsible for as a next-gen leader in the environments that I'm entrusted with. Okay, so let's dive right in. All right, the first area that you are responsible for as a leader and you have heard this word before, so I hope that you don't get uh, thrown off by it or that you are annoyed by it, but I want to break it down a little bit, and that is culture. You are responsible for the culture, the tangible and intangible culture of the ministry that you're leading. And you got to ask yourself some questions, like, does the culture reflect our value system? Does the culture of the ministry that you're leading reflect the value system of the church that you're leading in? Mm -hmm. Because let's say, let's give some examples. Let's say you have a worship culture at your church and it's freedom of expression and praise and people are jumping around and they clap and it's uh, passionate worship. Well, if you're leading the kids ministry or the youth ministry and your worship doesn't reflect that whenever your gathering is, then as a leader, that's your responsibility. You might say, oh, well, we just have like a young growing worship leader and they're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> like that's on us as leaders to get our worship leaders there. And so I think it's important that you're asking that question. I think you want to be aware of things as a leader to say, hey, is the environment heavy? Mm-hmm. Is it real serious when you walk in? When parents are going to pick up, is there uh, anybody that is greeting them with a smile yeah. and welcoming them and making sure that they are uh, welcomed appropriately? Is it fun? Yeah. Is there fun in your environment? This is next gen. It should be a party. The it should feel like there's so much life in our environments. And you excel at that. You excel at making oh. environments fun. Well, thank you. Is it dark? I think I've gone down long youth hallways and sometimes we can just forget 
silly things like open the curtains to the window or turn on the lights. I mean, a lot of that is just like, are you kidding? But it's like, it's so important to how we express ourselves and how we welcome people. Is it prepared for them? Right. Which is, that's the intangible culture piece, right? Yeah. The intangibles are when it's time to gather the area that you're responsible for, the people that you're responsible for, are the little things done right? Mm -hmm. Is there music on? Is there lights on? Like you said, is the curtains open? Does it smell weird Mm -hmm. from last week's pizza that wasn't cleaned up? Or the middle school boys that still, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) That are learning hygiene. Learning. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hand out deodorant sticks at the door? Like all of that is part of the intangible culture. Are are the volunteers happy? Mm-hmm. That's that's tangible culture that you've gotta you've gotta think are are the people that are greeting, are they the right people that should be greeting? Yeah. Does it feel chaotic? Yeah. Does it feel like, okay, what that's is so going good. on here? Who is in charge here? Yeah. I think we've got to do whatever we can to make sure the culture of our environments is something we are proud of. Yes. And this includes spiritual. Yeah, for sure. It's like you said earlier, do, do we reflect, you know, is it a church environment? Is it just, hey, we're just hanging out here? Or is there a spiritual precedence? You know, every time we gather, we worship. Is there a worship culture? Do we teach to honor God's word before we preach it? That's just simple. You know, it's just right. a little thing that we intentionally do every time we get together. We push that needle forward and we yeah. say, this is the focus of this gathering. And that practically looks like right after the first worship song or before the the first worship song, mm-hmm. that as a leader, you get up or a trusted leader, mm-hmm. you get up and say, hey, everybody, here's here's what we're doing today. Yeah, I'm going to open up the book of Psalms mm-hmm. and then I'm going to say, hey, right here where it says, clap your hands, all you people, mm-hmm. when it says to lift your hands, when it says to sing joyfully, that we're going to we're going to talk about that because we want to build a culture of, of worship yeah. in our ministry. When we go to God's word, we're not just giving a good talk. Right. This isn't a TED talk. Yeah. This isn't just a YouTube video we're trying to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a a message from God's word that can be transformative in our life. So we want to help even train our young communicators in, hey, before you share the word, here's how we're going to set up God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that there's a culture around how we receive God's word. Right. We're attentive, we're listening. Yeah. And I think that's important. So you're responsible for the culture yes. as an action leader, the tangible and the intangible, intangible culture. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to gauge the culture if you are so busy doing tasks that you can't see where there's holes in the culture. Yes. And you can't lead the culture. I think. You know, I love that first impression with parents and I love to be at the doors greeting people. And could it be easy for me to hang out in the corner with with a couple girls and just be catching up with them? Totally. But I'm leading that environment. So I need to be at the front door greeting people, letting people know and have the peace of mind. There is an authority figure here that is making sure and taking care of their students and ensuring that they're safe and protected as they come into our care. Yeah, absolutely. So culture. Secondly, people. People, I have the responsibility as the next gen leader in a given environment to be aware of the people. Do the families that we serve sense our desire to shepherd and lead their kids? That's so good. 
and not just us shepherd and lead their kids, but to partner with parents to do so. Yeah. You got to recognize the kids walking through the door, the students, the young adults, maybe not as much young adults, but the students walking through the door, they have a family they're going back home to every day. That's right. And we want to make sure that these families sense from us, we're here to serve them, to shepherd them and to point them towards Jesus. Yes. So how do they, they feel that? I think it's going to look different in each environment, but you want to make sure that your families can sense that from you, that mm-hmm. they, they sense that you are about people, not just about the task or the projects have mm-hmm. got to be done. Yeah. And take an interest in those people. I think you're, you're going to have different dynamics with families. Right. You're going to have some that come from a godly home in which you are really partnering with them that what they disciple at home is going to carry and just continue to be, um, drilled in at youth. Um, but then you're going to have the dynamics of the parents that maybe are not involved at all. Right. But we honor them as the parents in their lives, you know, and we want to equip them too on how to help point their, their students to Jesus. Do the volunteers feel charged, mobilized? Are they excited to be there? Mm -hmm. If you are, busy running around. I call you the busy bee. You're moving from thing to thing. And I've been that. That can be like a a, a downfall for me mm-hmm. is I just can be busy thinking about the different details and things that have got to happen to make sure that it runs smooth. Yeah. But I want to make sure that in the environments I'm in, that the volunteers can sense my focus on making sure that uh, they are, that they're charged up, that there's a moment that we're meeting together and we're yeah. talking, that they're mobilized correctly, yes. uh, that, uh, that they are coming and when they serve with us, they feel like it's meaningful, Yeah, you know, and, and I just want to pause right there. Uh, we should not give volunteers work that we should have prepared beforehand. Mm. So if, if we're putting on social media, hey, come to youth night, we've got free pizza tonight. <laughs> and then it's four o'clock and the volunteers show up and the service starts at five and you're like, hey, can you call and and order the pizza? Like, that's not the volunteer's job. That was our job. Go pick it up quick. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to stress our volunteers out because we've we haven't prepared for them. Right. And then they come and they're giving up their time. They're leaving work. They're picking up a kid. Yeah. They're, they've got all this stuff going on. They've got this whole life outside of church right. life and they're giving up their time to be with us. We want to make sure when they show up that we are prepared. Yes. And so we want to be focused on that. And are we sensitive to the needs of families in our church? And are we communicating those needs to leadership? I think we've got to be on the same team as our our campus staff, our church staff, because oftentimes in next gen space, you will find out information, things that are going on in families' lives mm-hmm. that are whether it's a loss or it's a sickness or it's a triumph or yeah. things that are going on in a family's life. You have a responsibility as a next gen leader to communicate that to the staff, staff leadership, right. so that we can serve these families well. That's right, and serve them effectively. And then finally, are we people over process? Mm-hmm. I think we've got to be okay to uh, break the rules sometimes. Here's an example. We were serving, uh, when we were in kids, serving kids for a season. Uh, Check-in would close down at a certain time. I forget what the time was. Maybe it was 30 or 40 minutes after service. And in in South Louisiana, uh, let's just say some people like to take life a little bit slower so they can get to church super late. Well, 
there was a single mom who comes in is late because she was a, is her first time. And this is a moment where we have to make a choice. Do we tell that single mom, Hey, check in is closed. Right. Uh, who's there for the first time. Or do we say, do we break the rules? Yeah. And we say, Hey, actually we're going to get you taken care of. That's right. Uh, we're going to, we're going to help you check in. We're going to make that process seamless so that she can get into the service and encounter God, have a moment with God. And maybe that changes the whole trajectory of her family. Yeah. You know, so we have to be people of a process. We need the process. We need those things and all that's great. But if we're going to lead thriving areas and we have to value people over process. Absolutely. Why do we have a process then? Well, I think the process just provides guardrails. Yeah. So that it's not always chaotic because then there is a, an order, especially in kids ministry, shout out to our kids, yes. pastors that are listening to this. You have to have an order in which, all right, we're going to do uh, the large room experience and we're going to go to small groups. And so if you have a student coming in, in transition, then it's hard to like find their teacher and know where they should go. And mm-hmm. I know that that's hard. So it's not, that doesn't happen always. I just think that if we're going to serve people well, sometimes we just got to break the process and help people. Yeah. But have the process to serve people yes. so that they know and have expectations. That's so great. There's both. There is both. And both are necessary. Both are necessary. So we've got culture, mm-hmm. the people. Again, we're talking about responsibilities for an action leader and then placement. I love this one. I am responsible to make sure that people are in their right places. Yes. I love this one, especially in kids ministry. You know, we learned that people have different gift sets. And so one example is in the nursery. There are people that are so great one-on-one with kids, but they're not the most welcoming or excited people at the door. And so when they're greeting families, and I've even experienced this on the flip side where I'm dropping off my child and I'm like, is this person happy to be here? But then later I see them on the floor, just totally engrossed in my child and playing with them and having so much fun, but they're just a little awkward one-on-one with the parent. And so we learned, you don't put that person at the door. They don't want to be there. And Really, you don't want them to to be there at the door, Um, but you got to put them back in the classroom connecting with the kids. And so a lot of people will put this in a personality analysis and they'll say the extroverts need to be at the front and maybe the more introvert need to be in the back of the classroom. However you decide to distinguish between that is, you know, really up to you. But I think it's important to hone in on people and their gift sets for where they're placed. Yeah, I I think that's a a brilliant point because if you are honed in on people's gift sets, where they fit best, that means that you have capacity to really be able to see who are the people God's placed around you Mm -hmm. and how can you best place them. Because if people are operating in their gift set, then you are going to have this sense that, wow, these greeters are amazing. And and, oh, wow, that small group leader, our our students are remembering things that that we're trying to get across through small group lessons because we have the right small group leaders in place. And and we have admin people are helping organize the first time guests and sending them uh, communications after they've come for the first time. And so placing people is so important. And, and, and you also have to ask the question that as a leader, am I fulfilling more than one role? Mm -hmm. Because if you are, then you have to zoom out a little bit and realize that there's probably somebody who can do that role, Mm -hmm. those three roles that you're doing better. 
and be excited to do them. Right. You know, I think this is looking for the win for everybody. You know, if they're excited and maybe the things that drive you crazy, maybe you hate to sit down and do the admin work, but there's someone that is so going to be so thriving in that role of organization for you that it's really going to give them life and take the take the weight of that responsibility off of you. Yeah. So don't rob someone of the opportunity to be fulfilled mm-hmm. in ministry because you're covering a hole that you're really not all that good at. Mm-hmm. And there, there's people around yes. who want to help. Yes. And so another aspect of placement is making sure that people are placed before they come into your environment. <laughs> Yes. That we're not just like, all right, guys, volunteer call time is at 530. Mm -hmm. And if you've put no thought into who's coming, where they're going to be placed, how clear is their roles, what does the event need, what does the gathering need, then it's going to feel chaotic and your volunteers won't stick around for long. Right. Yeah. They're going to be so frustrated and they're going to want to serve somewhere where they can be better used. Right. And then know that they, yeah, we're serving the next generation and this is great. And we know that it's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. But if I show up and it's chaotic and there's, and it's, it's unclear, mm-hmm. then they're not going to stick around. Right. So we have to think about that as next generation leaders is, are we placing people correctly? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's, let's move on. We've talked culture, people, placement, and now let's talk a little bit about quality, quality. I have a responsibility to make sure that the quality of the service or the gathering is at the standard that we're trying to set collectively as a church. Yeah. And so I'm not okay if, if things are messy. I'm not okay if the sound booth is a mess. For some reason, just going back to whatever the youth space is, the next generation spaces, the sound booth becomes like a hoarding area of random like banana costumes and snacks from last week yes. and the coffees that the volunteers bring. Oh. And it's that sound oh. booth. Yes. I just want to, if you need a word for 2023, it's clean the sound <laughs> booth in the next gen area. Yes, please. That's <laughs> and, so true. And so the quality of the gathering, and again, I'm pushing on this idea that if I'm just focused on the task, I don't even have the capacity to view if the quality of what we're doing is is on par mm-hmm. because we grow numb to things in our environments. Yes. You know, if this room is a little dirty or if our signage is confusing mm-hmm. or if the stage is messy uh, or if our volunteers are wearing their volunteer shirts. Yeah. Does is it look sharp? Um, do our parents, when they come into our environments, are they walking into empty rooms or chaotic rooms or uh, are parents well communicated to? Here's something that I just want to hone in on for a second. Is our communication excellent? Hmm. Do our emails have typos? <sighs> because there's one thing to be a young leader and we're, I mean, we're young, but we're not young. <laughs> like we used to be, but parents have to buy into this idea that here's a young person leading their young people. Right. So that's a hurdle that that parents understandably Uh are going to climb through. But if the communication you're sending out is slang, misspelled, um, it, it, it's confusing when you go back to read it and 
parents don't understand what you're saying, that is hurting mm-hmm. the quality of your ministry. Yeah, it is. And it's small and it's seemingly insignificant, but it matters. Yeah. I think you have to realize too, there's parents that don't know you. I think a lot of times when you're communicating, you're like, oh, well, I'm just sending this. This is real casual. It's like, no, when it's, when it's out there and it's, it's, it's representing your ministry. It's not really representing you and maybe the personal interests that you have in that family. And so you got to just be ultra clear. And have carry a a spirit of excellence with that in in, in the quality. And here's, let's take it a step deeper when it comes to quality, because you may have this very high standard in your church, care a lot about the quality environment, the excellence of an environment, but it may stop with you. Does that go, does that value carry with your volunteers as well? Yeah. And that this could be, and I, I look forward to talking about this more in the future, but you want to make sure that your leaders and volunteers don't just know what to do. They know what to think Mm. that there is a, they're not just executing a task. They filter their task through an overall value system that says we're serving people. We are, we're creating a distraction free environment where, where students can encounter God. And so if they carry that, then you're going to sense this communal effort mm. to have gatherings where the next generation can encounter God without distractions, with excellence, and with clarity. So uh, culture, people, placement, quality. And we've landed at our fifth one and we've been, we've been flying through these, but I, I hope that they're helpful and like a shot of adrenaline in your ministry this week. But the last thing is recruitment, recruitment. No one else is going to recruit for the next gen ministry except us. That's right. And so we are always looking for who is next Who is the next kid small group leader? Who is the next youth leader, volunteer, family that's interested in serving and wants to find purpose in serving with NextGen? We've got to think that way on Sundays. And I know, depending on your role or how involved you are, maybe you are the worship leader in your youth ministry and you're preaching and you're posting on social media and you're dreaming for next year and you're planning the retreat and you're you're doing all of these things. But if you aren't recruiting a team... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's an every Sunday thing. Yeah. It's having conversations and helping place people. And, hey, have you considered? Hey, I think you would be amazing at doing this. And it's it's recruiting. And it's not just recruiting grownups. It's recruiting teens. Yeah. It's recruiting teens to be a part of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Because teens are around, and I've, this is true at every church. Mm-hmm. There are teens that go to churches on Sunday who are disengaged and who are who don't have a role on Sunday. And as a next gen leader, you're looking for those people that are around that no one's tapped on the shoulder That's to true. say, "Hey, I see you. Mm-hmm. Hey, I notice you." And God has something great for your life. And what what are some passions of your heart? What are some things that you're interested in? They might be like, well, I don't know. And you're like, well, great. We're going to figure that out. So next Sunday, um, of course, everyone's got to do background check. You need an onboarding process. And, you know, but I'm just talking about in general, you need to help onboard people 
recruit. You should be one of the best team builders on the staff. That's so great. Yeah. I think it's so important because I think you feel it as a next gen leader, you see those teenagers that are disengaged and are really only coming maybe because mom or dad or grandma is bringing them. But as a next gen leader, you're on the hunt to re-engage. And even if you don't have quote unquote, an area in your volunteer team that you need filled, you maybe need to look for another position to open up to re-engage these students. One example, I think our kids ministry here at Bethany do this in an amazing way. They have some kids that are about to age out of the kids ministry and they have now assembled a kid led worship team, which is incredible. And it's brilliant. And keeps them engaged. Are any of them really capable yet to lead worship? We'll find out. We'll find (laughs) out. And, and yes, we will find out. But the trick here is we want to re-engage them. We don't want them to be disengaged and to not like coming to church on Sunday. Our goal is to make it fun and always a positive experience. Yeah, that's right. And so as next gen leaders, we want to remember we are responsible for the culture, the tangible and intangible culture in our ministry. And then we're responsible for the people. Do do our people sense that we are people people? Yes. <laughs> that we're not task people or project people. Thirdly, we want to make sure that our people are placed well, that we understand who they are, how God's wired them, how God has gifted them, and then we want to place them correctly. Then we want to make sure that the quality is right, that we are our areas are excellent, that they're distraction-free, that they are really nice areas and that we can set people up to be able to encounter God without distraction. Then finally, we want to be great recruiters. We want to be great team builders. We want to pull people into the purpose of leading next gen. And so we believe that if you will follow these five things, then you will begin to see a thriving next gen ministry. And I just am passionate about this conversation because we've seen this Mm -hmm. in our own ministry. We've seen how our focus to zoom out a little bit and to focus on the majors and to build a team around us that is passionate about the same thing, creates environments where young people can encounter God and in unforgettable moments that we get to see them have when we're focused on the right thing. Thanks so much for joining us today and making this episode a part of your day. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if it was helpful to you, feel free to share it with another leader you know. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with each episode. And we'll see you back soon to continue growing as next-gen leaders.